Let's talk branding. Do you want to talk about branding? You probably don't want to talk about branding. Nobody wants to talk about branding. It never seems like something that you need to pay attention to until way later. Later when you become Nike or you're as successful as Amazon. But that's just not true. I know branding sounds expensive. Branding also gets confused a lot with marketing by a lot of small business owners. So let me just get this out of the way right at the top here. Marketing is the way in which you reach out to potential customers and clients to tell them why and how they can buy the stuff that you're selling, right? Branding, on the other hand, is not a direct instruction to anybody. You're offering a feeling. That's why branding is so hard to wrap your mind around. Because what you're offering is a sense of who you are as a company and how I'm going to feel when I interact with you. So think about Apple. They're all white. They're sleek. They're snobby even. They give me the sense that when I purchase an iPhone, I become the smartest person in the world. And we know that's true because 10 out of 10 doctors agree. So if you want to also think about a company called Target. Target run and done. Maybe you've heard of them. Maybe you've emptied your wallet out to them. They're, they're just the complete opposite of Apple. They're affordable. They're efficient. They're all about practicality. You walk into the store, you empty your wallet, you leave with a lot of junk you never needed, right? Branding is worth paying attention to a lot sooner than you think it is. And of course, you bet I've got a story for you to tell you exactly how wrong it can go for your business. Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help mom entrepreneurs get down to business. I want to talk to you about business blunders, ways that mom entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. This week, I want to highlight how much can go wrong when you miss the mark on a trademark. And all that time, and by time I mean money, spent on creating the perfect logo, boy, can it go wrong in the biggest, most unexpected way. When I launched The Founding Moms 10 years ago, we weren't called The Founding Moms because we weren't supposed to be a business yet. I had an idea to meet up with other mom entrepreneurs who were busy building businesses and raising little kiddos because that's the moment that I was in at the time. And when I did so, I went to meetup.com and I thought, what name would attract other women to joining me and helping me through this with practical business support, with emotional support? I thought, of course, the longest, most ridiculous name in the world. We'll call it the Momtrepreneur Meetup. And I did. And it seemed to work. Women would come every single month. They would enjoy the meetings. They would come back the next month. And this went to my head so I started calling myself the Momtrepreneur Maven. Say that three times fast. It was so ridiculous, I should be more embarrassed. But it worked. And so I called a graphic designer at the time thinking, you know what, if this is working, maybe this could become a business. And I said to her, we need a good logo. We need a fantastic website. So we started working together. We came up with this really fantastic logo. We put it on what turned out to be an amazing website at the time. And more and more women joined. About eight or nine months in, I thought, you know, this seems to be such a good idea. I need to protect it. And because I graduated from law school, I know exactly what to do. I'm going to file for a trademark. 
So I went to the United States Patent and Trademark Office's website, USPTO.gov, where you can search for any existing live or dead trademarks in the world. And I typed in the Mompreneur Meetup. It took me 20 minutes. And what resulted was nothing. Nada. Zilch. Zero. Nobody owned the trademark. So I filled out that application very excitedly. I paid that big fee. And a couple of weeks later, I received a letter stating that there was no way that they would grant me that trademark. So, of course, I let them know, you stupids, you idiots. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm a law school graduate. I searched for it. I didn't find it. Therefore, give it to me. Love, Jill. It turns out there are two women who own the trademark to the word mompreneur. And here's the fun game about trademarks. If anyone in the world might be confused between the actual trademark and something you're using, you are violating the trademark. So by using the term mompreneur, if anybody would have been confused that they were looking at something regarding mompreneur, I would be violating that trademark. Let me just tell you that while I didn't really learn how to file for a trademark, I did understand how deeply to be scared about a lawsuit for violating a trademark. I did not want to be caught infringing. But here I was. It was like I was naked online, standing there with this website that just dripped Momtrepreneur all over it. I had business cards. I think we even created letterhead with it on there. I had this gorgeous logo. Everything said Momtrepreneur. So now I had to go backtrack, somehow unspend all that money and undo it all. I gathered together all of my wits. I got a little bit smarter. I called a lawyer who was actually a lawyer. And I said to her, I need to file a trademark for my new business. I think it's going somewhere, but I'm not allowed to call it the Momtrepreneur Meetup. She said, oh, thank goodness that name is ridiculous. So I'm going to tell you, Jill, come up with a name and we'll search and make sure that it's clear, which we did. Somehow I wound my way to going, hmm, women who are moms who found companies. Oh, the founding moms. Right. She researched, made sure it was clear. It was. She filed an application. Again, I paid more money and I received the trademark. If you didn't know, when you see a little TM with a circle next to a company name, that means that that application has been filed. But when you see that little R with a circle around it next to a company's name, that means they're registered, baby. That means it's free and clear and they are the owners of that trademark. So we got our little R. I was very excited about this little R. So excited, in fact, that my designer and I went through an entire party all over again, coming up with a brand new logo, a brand new brilliant website, new business cards, everything featuring our new name, the Founding Moms. But it gets worse. At this point, we had a brand new website, a brand new logo, and we were launching founding exchanges in cities around the world. One of those cities happened to be in a country called Mexico, where we had a leader that we'll call Erica, who was really excited to start a local community there. She would take everything that we were doing online in the U.S. and translate it into Spanish so that her members could feel warm, welcome, and it was just pretty amazing to have suddenly a Spanish component to the founding moms. We were now a global community of mom entrepreneurs until the day that Erica called me. She said to me, Jill, we can't use your logo anymore. 
it doesn't work here. Every single time anybody who's thinking about joining our founding exchange here in Mexico sees the logo online, she's turned off. She doesn't want to join. She leaves. And I said, but why? Let me paint you a picture of our logo at the time. Online, I had found a small round cartoon with a scene that depicted really what our mission is at the Founding Moms. What you could see in this image, cartoon, black and white, was a woman leaving her kitchen for the day, going off to work clearly because she was in a business suit, carrying a briefcase, waving goodbye to her husband. And in this image, you could see her husband standing in the kitchen, wearing a kitchen apron, holding the infant in one arm and waving goodbye to his wife with his other arm. It was so I Love Lucy retro. My designer took the image. She added more modern colors, a lot of pinks, a lot of greens. It was just a beautiful logo that really said who we were as an organization. She said, it's offensive. In our culture, we don't diminish the man. We don't belittle him and leave him in a kitchen and go off to work. We run our businesses, but culturally here, we do it alongside the men. I was heartbroken. I was devastated. And I realized in that moment, there was a huge cultural divide between the way that we look at a picture of a man staying at home and supporting his family and the way that a woman does in Mexico, seeing a man supporting his family. And this cultural divide wasn't possible to research online. I mean, I'm sure I could have dug into cultural differences online and done some deep PhD-like research to figure that out. But as an entrepreneur launching a brand new business, it never occurred to me to ask any cultural questions. It never occurred to me to say to somebody in a completely different geographical location across major borders, hey, does our branding match? What happens there culturally? As I've been building the Founding Moms and we've opened up in cities around the world, we've opened up in Canada, we've opened up in Singapore, we've opened up in Australia, we've opened up in so many places with so many cultural differences that I found an awful lot of commonalities among our members across the board. To understand these cultural differences in the ways of branding was mind-blowing for me. It's not something anyone ever taught me. It's not something I learned in school. It was something that I had to learn on the fly. And the reason I really wanted to tell you this story this week is because, yes, I want you to do your research. Yes, I want you to ask around. But part of being a small business owner is learning on the fly. There's only so much you can plan for. And what I watch all the time are women who plan and plan through Excel sheets and Word documents and whatever systems they have going on. They plan themselves right out of a marketing plan. They plan themselves right out of a sales pitch because they spend so much time planning that they can't actually take into account certain things they're not going to know until they launch. So I don't want you to wait so long to launch what you're going to launch. I don't want you to wait so long to plan yourself into the ground. Now, I don't want you to lose a lot of money like I did having to go through so many logo changes. But 
part of those expenses are not failures to me. Part of those losses are not actually losses. They were tremendously valuable lessons that led me to ask so many questions going forward about cultural differences, about expectations. And when we launch in a new city now, I have a lot more that I'm armed with to launch successfully. That is, in fact, the lesson that I paid for back then. Part of being in business is going through the motions only to have them changed because of real-time, real-world feedback. And my tool of the week is Typeform. If you have never used Typeform before, you need to go to the link that's in our show notes immediately. Typeform is the best way that I have seen to date for doing surveys. If you want to survey your customers, your clients, if you just want to take a poll somehow, somewhere, collecting information can be really, really boring. We've all taken boring surveys. Typeform changes the game. You don't call, you don't write. Please, please call or text me 708-872-7878. If you go to jillsalzman.com slash podcast, you can actually leave me a voicemail right on that page. Ask your questions, leave me comments. And if you dig what you heard, it helps tremendously for you to go to ratethispodcast.com slash why are we shouting? And please, pretty please rate it. It helps other people hear these ridiculous stories that I have to tell. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.